Hey there, this is Paul. Just before we get going, I'd like to let you know that there is a sound problem with this episode. After we're done recording, I found out that the original files had been corrupted, which resulted in us losing about half an hour worth of material in two or three second bursts throughout the entire episode. Now, I've managed to edit around most of that, so you shouldn't see any huge problems, but you will probably notice the cuts more than you would in other episodes. There's also a problem with the microphone that Mike was wearing, which leads to a little bit of echo on some of his lines, and hopefully it doesn't make it unlistenable. It's not for very long, so I can only apologise, but this is a really good episode, and the guys role-played the socks off, so it's worth sticking through. Hi, welcome to Soldnet Radio. This episode is the 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons campaign, Doors. As always, if you'd like to get in touch with us, it's swordnutradio at gmail.com, that's swordnutradio at gmail.com, or at swordnutradio on Twitter. We're coming up to a natural break in the story, and so we're going to stop the 5e campaign for a little while, we're going to play some Fate and some other games, we'll have some behind-the-screens episode for the Blue Planet, and for the 5e campaign. So if you do have any questions about the campaign so far, now's the time to get them in. And also, if you've got any random facts, throw them our way, because we love them. In the last episode, the group had a fight in a village, with the remnants of the army they're tailing. One of them is the most altered individual they've seen so far. Having dispatched their assailants far too easily, they set about trying to find out anything they could from the scattered corpses in the area. They were interrupted by an interesting person who showed up, out of nowhere, who introduced herself as Penin Mechasprocket and was possessed of various miraculous devices and had a, a way of speaking that made almost no sense to the group. Seeing that there was little to be gained by talking to the group, Penin decided that she would head off and try and find a king or anyone who was rich enough to pay her way. Rue searched the body of the large black lizard guy who was spitting acid and he found a curious black pebble. As the investigation continued, Rue also figured out that he could take the excess energy in the area and channel it away. When he did so, he created a fireball and burnt down one of the fishermen's huts in the village. As he let the fireball off and distracted most of the party, Karahad saw a ghost. And we'll pick it up from there. Start Mike. Hi, I'm Mike. I play the half-breed rogue Malon Bleak. Billy. Hi, I'm Billy. I play Rue. Um, I'm the warlock of the party and I'm also incredibly angry with Bleak at the moment. Hmm. Really? Why? You just flip your blood in his face <laughs> and call him useless. Well, he is useless. <laughs> and Adam? Hi, I'm Adam A. I play Gimbal Galloglass, a miniature bard. I'm Paul, I'm a DM, and tonight I have actually killed Tom, that's why he's not here. So, uh, we've got a load of feedback to be going through. Is it good feedback? It is good feedback. Uh, we haven't have any bad feedback which well there's there's some constructive feedback as well like some suggestions all of this is on twitter twitter is, is obviously the best way to get a hold of us right now there's max whose moniker on twitter is at inkpot games and this is over a few tweets so i've kind of amalgamated them together and made it sort of a little bit more sentency because tweets don't really work like that so he said uh, enjoyed the podcast episode one of your dnd 5e campaign the sound effects are fun uh, it said, sound effects had a great dimension to the adventure narrative at Battle Bars, you link them in, actually produces sound effects for that purpose, which is, so I've, I've heard of Battle Bars, they, 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 they sponsored a lot of podcasts because they had a Kickstarter going on, um, the Kickstarter's finished, they, they fully funded, they, they got stretch goals and things, and now you can kind of buy into those tiers again, 
before they get going so that you can actually purchase that. And they do really, really, really good stuff. That ended up with me getting in touch with BattleBards and they went and listened and they, they, they like the stuff. Possibly my issue is, and we're talking about Foley sounds and stuff, but possibly my issue is that if you go for that, as, as a podcast, if you go for that sort of stuff, then you'll end up sounding like everyone else. Um, for example, a lot of people use the, the Kevin MacLeod stuff that's out there. It was put out as DRM-free, use it if you like, sort of stuff. Um, and I've heard the same songs on several different podcasts, and it's kind of jarring. In that, in that sense, it sort of makes me think of those things and it sort of brings up, like, if one wasn't very good and one was, then... Well, that, that's my thing. But the, the Foley sounds seem pretty good, like the Spell Foley sounds seem, seem really good. I wouldn't go too heavy with it, but as like a, if you score a crit or something and do that kind of thing, that would be cool. I think less is more in that case. Yeah, yeah. and they do things like NPC dialogue. I mean, it'd be great at the table. Mm. To say, okay, you walk into the bar and the barman says this and click the button and, and it's this, you know, someone doing some dialogue. Um, that sounds really good. And things in other uh, languages. So they've got Elvish and Orcish and all sorts oh, of stuff. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, so it's like from the trees you hear, boom, and then it's, yeah. But that looks, that looks really cool. Um, if you want to give me loads of free sounds, I'll use them on the show. Uh, <laughs> so. Here we go. So he was looking at episode one. He says, a PC choosing a daring acrobatic manoeuvre, but with disadvantage, and then getting a point of inspiration when they failed was awesome. Uh, I believe that was Rue. What did I do? If there's one player who attempts something acrobatic and fails... When you were trying to jump onto the horse and the girth strap wasn't properly tightened. No, that that was was, was in episode one when the the building... Oh, was it episode one? Oh. Oh, was it? It could be it could be episode one of the first five e we did. So that would be Master Blaster, which is where Lord Robert was trying to vault over tables. Uh, no, if if he's talking about that one, that could have been me um, diving through the burning door. Mm, yeah, it could be. Um, Quite or getting no, getting pissed on and diving through the yeah, door. Well, yeah, ask, ask him to clarify. Yeah, we'll see. Because uh, yeah, but that that is Biddy's playstyle. <laughs> jump through the burning building. So he wants to play an acrobat no matter what he's rolled. And the ending credit sound bites were a hoot, bravo. So people like the bloopers. Excellent. Um, Everybody loves bloopers. Episode 25, which is going to come out before this one, is mostly bloopers. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's about an hour and a, about an hour and a half hour and three quarters and long, and there's like half an hour of bloopers in it. But that's that's mostly because of the game of Cards Against Humanity that we played. Oh. Yeah. So one of the things he said, um, which is some constructive criticism here, uh, it's, a, it's a really valid point, is that players can refer to PCs in the first person, you know, I do this and I do that, but using a character's name in an audio podcast is more effective. Because, especially when, like, I, I get, like, if you want to say I, and it connects you to your character more, and I, I don't want to say, you will now do this and you will do it, um, because it's up to you how you want to do it and how you're more, most comfortable. But... When we when you start getting going, then people haven't necessarily identified your voice with your character yet. Yeah, I mean, I, I know some podcasts where there's you know maybe six or seven people, and when you first start, it can take months to get to know which character is talking when. Mm. Um, I mean, the nights of the night. Hi, Tom. Tom listens. I don't know why I just waved then. He can't <laughs> see me. Um, so uh, Tom, who edits it, does listen to the show, um, and it's a family, uh, a, a sort of an extended family. And especially between his two kids, you know, his, his two sons who play that, I can't tell the difference between them. Mm. You know, one has slightly more bassy voice, and that's it. So I don't know which one is, is but, doing what. So I think I think maybe maybe one of our characters should start re- referring to themselves in the third person. <laughs> I can totally see that being bleak. I I think that's a bad thing to do. 
Really? You reckon? Yeah. I, I played a bard in a Pathfinder game, and I oh, only ever referred to see, myself in the third person. If, if, if he was a very confident bard, then yeah, I'd say that. But he's quite like he's, he's quite naive, and you know, he's not he's not very put himself out there, is he? Maybe yeah. that's the thing that he's going to do. I don't know. Maybe. So uh, his random fact, and Max's random fact, is that he began playing D&D in 1979 with the Blue Book basic set, uh, and he has the original dice. Bloody hell. Nice. <laughs> uh, for the benefit of the audio, uh, I'll, I'll retweet this, but um, they are so unbelievably worn. It's the original set that's all different colours, um, and it doesn't look like the one that you have to actually colour in with crayon uh, to you know, put the numbers in. But some of the numbers have completely worn off. All the edges are completely rounded off. Uh, it just, yeah, it's heritage. So the D20 just rolls around the table. <laughs> yeah, it's, half it's, an hour. it's now a D100. Yeah. They also then said uh, the time and energy you must put into um, the podcast is appreciated. So thank you very much, Max. Um, keep writing in, that's awesome. There's a chap called Hodge, and he's at Hodge Duncan. Uh, his feedback is, I listened to episode 15, it's the first episode of the, this campaign. There is no door. Uh, he asks, um, when recording, is it live play or is it scripted? Either way, it's excellent. I think that's brilliant that someone would think it was scripted. Mm-hmm. Uh, the answer, no, it is not scripted. Hence the awkward silence is when we're all sat there going, shit, what do we do? <laughs> or it's really good editing on your part. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I take out all those pauses so we sound really decisive. Mm. And a lot of the ums and things. So um, <laughs> a lot of the pauses that get taken out are like when people roll something and they're looking up on the sheet going, uh, fuck what I'm looking at. And then, you know. I think we've been playing together for about a year now, haven't we? Almost, yes. So yeah. we've, we've got a bit of that as well. We've got a bit of familiarity it's with it. It's been a year. Oh, I can't be. I've, I've definitely not been playing with you guys for a year. The Lost Minds of Vandelva game went on for months. It did, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I, I came in like right at the end, didn't I? Yeah, because we used to play in a pub and it was really noisy, so it's hard to get anything done. Oh, I missed that. I missed the people coming up into the room where we were playing. Coming through the door, t- chatting and being friendly and carrying the pipe, seeing us and going, <gasps> and everything just going silent and then just backing out of the room trying not to make eye contact. And the assholes who try and be cool and just go, no, we're just going to sit here because, yeah, how, how dare you get us out of this room, woo, and keep in that room. And then go, just to drive it in, I'll put the jukebox on. Yeah. <sighs> assholes. Um, and then I would shout about a secret door. <laughs> so that, I think that's, that's a really nice compliment to say it might be yeah. scripted. But yeah, we don't script it. Um, it is down to the dice. These guys have been probably a little bit too cooperative about sort of staying on my rails but you know, I don't want to put them on rails but it's I try and put very good character motivation in front of you but you have absolutely free choice about where you're going it, it is a sandbox for you if you wanted to just go do you know what we've got our pardons let's fuck off into the mountains which, um, well, which I wanted to do by the way you, you could do that you could, you could absolutely do that I just think I need to shoot more people with the crossbow <laughs> <laughs> and his fact is watch out for black bears when picking wild huckleberries in the woods in spring. Okay. It's very wise advice. <laughs> and our fact of the week from Sabrina oh, is yeah. the game E.T. actually sold better than most famous uh, than the most famous Atari 2600 game, Space Invaders, 1.5 million versus 1 million. Have made E.T. the game? On no, Netflix, the there's a... Atari cartridge one. Yeah, yeah, it's infamous, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, they, they buried a load <coughs> in... Um, Arkansas, I think. Isn't Arkansas? The buried load, yeah. There's a documentary on Netflix. Should I watch it? The buried loads of ET games? Yeah, because it was an utterly 
real really shit game. But enough people bought it before people realised it was crap. Yeah. Mm. yeah. <laughs> That's the way things usually go. I think it's Arkansas. It's, it, it's, I think it's the same place that they filmed um, Breaking Bad. I have no idea. Uh, if anyone knows where they filmed Breaking Bad, let us know. That might be your random fact. Yes. All right. How is Sabrina, by the way? Is she all right? Seems she's our number one fan. <laughs> I, I do not know. Sabrina, tell us how you do. She's uh, still right, retweeting everything and being generally positive and that sort of stuff. Cool. But not in a stalkery way, which is good. Yeah. Sabrina needs a little intro and an outro, kind of like, Sabrina's fact of the week! That was Sabrina's fact of the week! Record a clean version of that, we'll do Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. <laughs> okay, so let's get into it. Carahad, and we're going to say that Gimbal, you're next to Carahad, so why not? Noticed that there was a ghost now staring back at him with all this chaos going on there's just this silent figure kind of sitting up in this pile of corpses and okay. we'll go from there so what are you doing gimbal's staring at the ghost mm-hmm. and he's just going to to say who are you would you like to roll me a uh, roll me a wisdom please 17 17 you recognize this ghost Sweet. This is Night Captain Kevin Harson. You know that because he's the guy who arrested you. This is the man who was, you were informed, was going to lead the fake rescue mission. You definitely recognise him. He's got very distinct features. Okay, so I don't say who are you then. <laughs> Gimbal will say, Night Captain Harson, what happened? There's... No movement on this thing's face. Sorry. It's just oh yeah, around. sorry. You're the ghost, yes. The ghost. Ghost. Yeah. Definitely. Ghost like... just basically just <clears throat> sat up from this corpse in front of me and Carahad. You guys are off near the lake, um, throwing shit in each other's faces. Are ghosts a thing? I mean, do people know about them or? You've heard of folk stories about ghosts and I'm ghost a bard. stories. And ghost things. stories. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You've you've never seen one. You might know someone who says he's seen one. Everyone knows someone who says he's seen one. <laughs> But no one, it's, it's exactly how ghosts are in the world now. It's like, that's the status they have. But here it is in the bright light of day. The sun's just starting to go down. So about seven o'clock. Rue, you know, overhearing this and seeing it himself and seeing that he's not really reacting, kind of wants to start moving towards him slightly, waving, kind of going, Hello? Captain, can, can you see us? Can you hear us? Hello? And, again, this ghost is just sort of looking around. As, uh, ha- hasn't stood up, is still sort of sitting, almost like he's just risen out of his, his body. So he looks down at his left arm, which is the side nearest to you. He's not looking at you, he's kind of looking uh, down the road. And he's looking down at his left arm, which is starting to fade away, like it's being torn away, kind of thing, you know, like... Um, the shreds of it are kind of like it's been blown in the wind, and he raises his arm in that direction, and his hand disappears completely. It's like as he raises it up, it's like it's disappearing behind a veil and gradually fading out in that direction. And he just looks around, and he's he's looking at the the bodies around him. I am going to do a check, which I don't think I've ever done before. I don't think anyone in this group has done. I'm going to do a religion check because I want to see if I know is this does this kind of thing happen if proper rites aren't carried out or anything like that. 
And that is a eight. Okay. And I want to roll a perception check to see if I can see... Is his left arm actually attached to his body? Yes, it is. All right, never mind. Can I see it? Roll perception to see if he's got something in his left hand. As in an actual corpse? Yes. Uh, please do so. We'll, we'll resolve both. Twelve. With that, you're looking down. You can see his corpse. You don't see an obvious wound. He seems intact. Um, you'd imagine that, he, you know, from from the blood around him, you'd imagine that his wound is on his back somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't have anything in his hand. His sword is presumably lying under a corpse nearby, and it's fairly densely packed around where he is. Rue. Mm-hmm. It was an eight. An eight. An eight yeah. on religion, which puts you into the realm of what is common knowledge about religion. And that is that bodies are disposed of in private ceremonies, in designated areas. If you're in a city, you, know, you can't just bury them in, a, in, in the back lot. But it's very much down to the families as to what, what they want to do. The direction he is pointing or waving his arm or whatever, is that the direction the tracks go? Or the tracks go in different directions where he waves his arm? The way he's waving his arm, he's not really waving it, he's not sort of trying to get it, he's just literally raising it. And he's facing east in the direction this, this road through the village goes. And his arm is extending towards the, in fact, the area where most of the group is, sort of by the water to the north. So, yeah, guys, um, what do we want to do with this then? It doesn't actually look like you can see us or hear us and everything, so. Have any of you guys ever seen anything like this before? <sighs> we haven't addressed him with his rank and why have we? Have we? we could just... Gimble has. I, I did. Dressed him by name, yeah. Name Night Lord Captain, where it was, yeah. Night Captain, yeah. Night Captain Harson, being very polite. Because Gimble moves in that kind of crowd. <laughs> okay, and he's just raising his arm. Mm. And his arm's and sort of like disappearing, fading he, away. He lowered it, and then he was just looking around at his the, the, the corpses around him. Was it kind of like a. Fuck! Were you watching at the time? What was Pig doing? I was fumbling around with the guy on the floor. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, (laughs) wait. So you were you were inspecting this body? Yeah, I've I've just got up and I've just noticed this white figure standing, hovering, not hovering, or sat up. So I'm just wandering over now. So yeah, so you you ran this guy's pockets and didn't find anything. Yeah. Okay, so does anyone want to make a check of any sort? I would like to make. would it be an intelligence to check to see if I can figure out what he's pointing at or waving at or whatever? Or would it be an arcana check because I think Gimbal's going to be a bit smart here and say, you know, he's going to check for whatever it is over near the lake? Yeah, arcana would be, um, again, you can sort of feel these energies going around. That's not how arcana checks work generally. This is a specific campaign thing, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, it is not detect magic, and it doesn't work like that. And mm-hmm. you would not feel if someone had enchanted a device, for example. Um, let's say there was a magic ring somewhere, and you did an arcana check. You would not know that it was magic. No. You might see that there were runes on it or something that you would say that looks magic to me, but it's not detect magic. So an arcana check uh, we've established would give you some clue about the energies in this place. Uh, it would be an investigation check to see if you can um, uh, kind of get some information about the disposition of bodies, the the position that he's in, um, and, and actual information about the the situation, the, the thing around you. It'd be a wisdom check to discern meaning from that. Okay. So I'm going to do one of those. Wisdom check? Uh, no, the investigation. Investigation, yeah. yeah. Um, and I'm going to use my one roll that you give me. So you're going to use your bardic inspiration with yeah. a huge die? Just because 
Okay, so add that to 20. Okay, so what are you looking at? So basically, um, Gimbal's investigating to see if he can figure out what the night captain was indicating at, you know, like like you said, from like the way the bodies were lay, um, if there's something indicative about the position they're in, anything that's missing, anything that's there that shouldn't be, um, anything leading up to the lake, because that was the direction he was pointing, kind of thing. Okay. So, um, Disturbances in the air, strange feelings, with boogly, it, boogly shit. <laughs> that would be our kind of, but if you're, okay. if you're looking at the facts as they are, yeah. you can see that the, the blue and white clad soldiers around Night Captain Harson, there's, there's a small concentrated uh, part of them. All the rest of them are kind of mixed in, you know, sort of reds and, and blues and things. Um, in, in the centre of this large area, but around my captain's house, and there seem to be a contingent. Most of them are on their are on their front, and you get the same information that Kara had. That it seems like they tried to form a defensive circle and then break out and at- attempt a flanking maneuver of some sort, but and it didn't work. So it's not so much a pattern that they're in or anything. It's just like manoeuvring that's gone wrong. Yeah, you you can you can discern that they tried to break out. It didn't work. Everyone died. So the guy tried. He was overwhelmed. There's a lot more red bodies around him than there are blue, so they, they gave it a good go. And you can have a look at this, and, and taking a little bit more time um, and talking to Karahad, you can also discern that this wasn't done very long ago. This was very, very recent, maybe just hours before you got here. The direction in which his arm is going, so you're looking around, and it's still, there's loads of bugs going over there, still like exiting, you know, getting away from the fire, and they're going away. And as you see them sort of run away from the fire and, and get out, the slower moving ones and things like that, they're coming from, there seems like a, a line before which they are, they're not, you don't see these huge bugs. So as uh, you go closer and closer to the middle, uh, or closer towards the, the shoreline, where the party is and where this guy is and all that sort of stuff, where all that action happened, those giant bugs and things, they're not there. And you look beyond, and it's almost like there's a, a circle interrupted by the lake. But there's, there's most of a circle where those bugs aren't. And, and you think, that's weird. And with a 24, you, you think, that's that's really weird. So you look a bit closer where the bugs aren't. So it's 20 modified. Modified, modified 20, 20, yeah, sorry. Yeah, 20 still good, though. 20 yeah, is hard. No, it, it was 20 modified. Okay. So, uh, so 20 is, is, is a hard. So you would then... Going slightly beyond the obvious, you look at where the bugs aren't, and you see that there are bugs, they're just normal, tiny little cockroaches. And... Okay. So, Gimbal's going to stumble forward a little bit, reach out his hand into this, whatever it is, force field thing, kind they of can arcana check. 14. 14, uh, so you're, you're going forward, and you've been overwhelmed by this a couple of times now, so you, you've, you've kind of keyed yourself in, and you're ready for the buzz. But where you are... There isn't any. Where you're standing, like, that's gone. Utterly gone. Yeah, and then you start going forward and sort of reach your hand out, and it's it's almost like you're walking into static electricity. It's, you feel that there's, you know, it, almost that there's a temperature change or something like that. Like, you, it, it's like a wall that you're moving through, and it's it starts buzzing, and then it's like, when you move beyond that, it's, it's probably in your head, and this is like, yeah, it's less than it was. Yeah. Um, you don't know whether that's because you just got used to it. But um, it's you, it feels like it was less than it than it was before. Okay. While you're doing that, I'd like to uh, approach the captain, and I want to try and touch him. <laughs> see, see if he is physical or physically there or not. 
So you're going to put your hand in? Yeah, just tentatively, but, but committedly, just, you know, try and, like, touch him on the shoulder, see, just see what happens. Make a constitution saving throw, please. As he does that, I will wander over, seeing this guy for the first time, and Rue try and touch a ghost up. That's what <laughs> I'm seeing. Uh, 22, and that is with a natural 20. <laughs> As you try and put your hand in into the ghost, you saw your hand touches his chest and he looks and he's looking at your hand as it goes down his chest and he seems very confused. He's looking up at you and your hand starts to sink into his chest and it feels so cold. Not just cold, it's you, you feel dream, you know, this, but you kind of, oh, right, what the fuck's that? And it, but it doesn't really affect you that much. And he's going to reach up with his left hand again and he's going to try and grab your wrist. And that is a... 15 versus your AC. Yes. That's 16 damage. As oh, you me. feel like the life, as his hand touches you, your your hand sinks further and just as almost as he's grabbed it and pulled it towards him, like reflexively. And you feel the life being drawn out of you. Yeah, I... Uh, that's minus... That's minus figures. I'm... I'm going to die quickly. I collapse, I collapse to one side going, oh, I feel kind of funny. <laughs> As I land on the floor. Okay. Gimbal's going to hear the thud. Spin you, round. You saw, you saw this happen. Oh, I thought it was Okay, fair enough. So Gimbal's going to do exactly what Bleak's doing and run over to help. Okay, you're going to pull him away. Um, yeah, you're going to pull him away. Pull him right out of the way. At least three, four, or five feet away from him. And Gimbal is going to Grab hold of Rue and she'll be like, No, Rue, are you okay? And then it'll be like a spark of it. Well, not inspiration, but I know what to do. And healing word. Uh, creature of your choice that you can see within range gains hit points equal to 1d4 plus my spellcasting ability modifier. Cool. Are you. So how are you casting this? Take me through Same way I did before. Um, last time I cast it. Stress thing, playing on my harp. That's all I remember. So I'm just going to play uh, some relaxing music. Basically, while thinking healing thoughts. Okay, right. So it's. Okay, so back of the six. You feel the same. When you were doing it in the first place, in, during the, the, the pitch battle, you just had a house fall and you all that sort of stuff. And you, you know, weren't, weren't paying attention very much, <clears> but you get sort of reminded there's a particular feeling of life and of fullness and of, and of giving and, and goodness, essentially. And that feels familiar. As it courses up through you, it seems to fill up in your harp and your music and you play better than you've ever played before you're just like literally absent my hand but you play and that feeling comes up inside you and instead of going out like it, you, like it did last time it, you feel it mirrored in this harp and it, it's, it's in this harp and then it leaves the harp take back your uh, spell slot uh, nice however that said this beautiful little ditty is interrupted by me waking up <laughs> and swinging my arms around because the last thing I remember before blacking out was the apparition dragging me in towards it so the fact that you're closest to me I'm, I swing at you I don't realise it's you I apologise roll because you are on your back and you are uh, flailing wildly yeah. so roll with disadvantage and that's fuck two which well, does not hit my modifiers on that that's an attack roll so it's your strength roll okay Oh, minus one, so <laughs> one! <laughs> uh, which does not hit Gimbal's... No. I'll come in, like, hold. Yeah. I'm pinning him down. I'm taking uh, quite a degree of pleasure of kneeling on his chest. Okay. Bleak. Off me. 
Don't need to wear that. You were flailing about with your friend. Didn't, didn't like you touching him. Fine, I'm not flailing around now. Get off me. <laughs> so your friend didn't like you touching him up then? <laughs> no. Apparently although, the ghost although, didn't either. Although if you want to go and give it a try yourself, it might be more hospitable to you. Yeah, probably. I stare at him, like, looking at looking him, looking the ghost dead in the eyes. What ghost? Oh, is he disappeared, is he? It's no ghost, though. Looks like you see it. the body of Night Captain Harson lying where I'm going You've chased him away now, Rue. Well done. Hmm. Can I try an arcana check to see if I can still feel whatever force it was that was there? Any oh, can, whatever yeah. lingering, blah, 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 blah. Twelve. Um, it's fading. Cool. I'm going to take a deep breath and go, right, guys, I need to run or move very quickly away from this burning place. The, the roof of the hut collapses in. It's a, a tiled roof. And the, the timbers inside of obviously give, it collapses. See, we need to be going now. Would anyone like to roll me a wisdom check? Straight up wisdom check. Yeah. You like the twelve tonight, don't you? Thirteen. All of you, seeing this thing collapse, you go you, you know, you have that moment of, oh crap, right, we need to get out of here. And then you hang on, where are all the huge burning flies? Because that thing was sounding like, you know, like against the the structure. Then all this weird shit happens. That was full of burning flies going everywhere. What that? Gimbal's going to sort of cock his head a bit and just say, we've seen this before when those guys invested yeah, in... Yeah. That, yeah. Might be attack. It seems to be something to feel we've just, ha- just experienced that the night captain pointed out. This could possibly be related. Also, I'm just throwing it out there. Rue was there on all occasions. <laughs> <laughs> Not saying anything, but he was. Rue is a bit out of it. Please roll me perceptions. Yes! 19. Wait, perception. Uh... Are you taking the part of Tom tonight? Yes. No, uh, it's alright, it was 19. Natural 20. Nat 20. That means nothing for skill rolls. What was the actual score? What it was? 20. 20. You don't get anything for perception? No. You have no bonus to perception? No. I thought you did. Point in. Pretty crap for an assassin, to be honest. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that you had a bonus to perception, but anyway. So you, you see in your peripheral vision, um, as you're looking at this sort of collapsing building, it's probably a good idea to get out of here. And you see him on the road, walking from the north side of the road, this creature, and very clearly, blink into existence, suddenly, probably about, sorry, about 60 feet outside the village, maybe like 90 feet away from you. Blinks into existence, walks across the road, and you can see that this is humanoid. It's about five and a half foot tall, you would imagine, based on the height of the crops around it. It's wearing grey, bleak, you'd recognise this as desert some people. Um, over in, in the started your various trade, um, you saw some people like this, and you knew that they were, you know, from the uh, to the south. It's not exactly like that, but it's that feel. It gives you that feel, like trousers and shirt sleeves, but entirely red-skinned, like vivid red-skinned, with two horns that come up from the skull and curve round to the back. Black hair, probably female. You can see that right here. There's some weird shit going on right now. Can I roll perception to see if I've heard of these people? Oh, that would be history. A, that would be a history. Apparently not. Um, eight. Okay. As she walks across the road, she seems unperturbed. And as she reaches the middle of the road, she vanishes again. You've never heard of this. Demon, maybe? Demon, maybe. Succubus. Gimbal's got an erection. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get out of here. Sun's going down, yeah? No, it's it's about as it is right now. It's like seven like o'clock, eight o'clock. It's, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, it's, well, it's, 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 it's the summer evening, but it's the, it's midsummer. Yeah. So it's still really bright. That's what the sun's starting to go down. Let's put as much distance between us 
and this place as possible until we need to set up for the night. Yeah, it's probably the best thing you suggested so far. Okay, go. So you're going to go try and find the horses again? Grab the horses. Mm-hmm. In Jump the off. opposite direction of this place. I want you to roll... Uh, who, who's going to try and find the horses? Me. Roll me perception. 19. The horses are a long, long way south. You can see them just over the crops. Let's get walking, boys. They were spooked by the fire because no one tied them up. Ooh. And whose fault is that? Carahads. Bleak, do you want to roll Pretty me Pretty sure animal? it was Carahad. Do you want to roll me an animal handling? See if you can get them over. Four. No. Four. No, yeah, you got to go to them and they sort of, you know, every time you seem to get close to them, they sort of play this game of chase where there's like, there's a nice bit of grass over there and it's like, just missed the, the reins. And... I pull out my hand crossbow because I'm really annoyed. <laughs> I'm loading a crossbow going in. Uh, Roll me an intimidation check. Well, I'll intimidate a horse. While swearing under my breath. Oh, yeah, that, then there's just going to be like 10. Oh. The horses have no idea what a hand crossbow is. Okay, game. <laughs> Taking game. <laughs> They're just cropping grass now. I'm walking over slowly. Fucking get you a fucking, fucking horse. Animal handling. 14, yeah, you managed to sort of get the reins before it decides that there's another bit of grass to munch. Fucking the, the pony seems to want to follow the horse, so it's yeah, reasonably simple. What the rest are you doing? We're laughing at Bleak. <laughs> I, ha- I have a loaded crossbow. <laughs> I I have, I'm a small target. Yeah. <laughs> I have yakety sacks and I'm laughing. I'm going to administer first aid to myself. Dirty boy. Dirty. Yeah. <laughs> so, D8, isn't it? No, this is a medicine check. Wisdom. Six, roll one d4. Three. Totally worth it. Okay, heal up three points. Uh, well, healer's kit usage have gone down to nine, because each one has ten uses. You have each of them, you have one. If you want to replenish it, you have to tell me what you're doing to replenish it. So. Rue, where were you patching yourself up? Because this is going to take you a good sort of ten minutes while he's you know, fetching the horses and making ready. I'm going to say that the medical kit had kind of like various herbs and stuff in them because I don't actually have any physical injuries from, from what's happened and everything so I'm just essentially you've got a neck oh do I yeah so I'm going to say I'm, I'm, I'm administering these these herbs and stuff into a paste and applying it to my neck and you know putting leaves over the top of it to keep it on my neck and stuff and just generally doing that heal up three four okay as you do so and you know you sort of wander to find a like a plant or something you can get leaves to place all over the top and sort of cooling bits and pieces mm-hmm. You are inspired almost. You know exactly where the best place to find some some leaves that are going to cover over you know your your wound are, are best. And and as you put them on, it seems to have this really cooling effect. And you are going to feel just the slightest touch in your mind. It's quite a familiar touch. Adam, what are you doing? Laughing at bleak. I'm laughing at bleak. I'm, I'm thinking this is hilarious. What bleak takes seventeen psychic damage. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is stuff. Laugh it up. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I, I think this is hilarious. Obviously, me, me and Bleak on the, always get on the best, so right now this is really making me giggle. Um, not that I'd have been much use chasing after horses anyway. They've got much longer legs than I have. Um, just, I'm Carahad. So, uh, just just um, discussing our best options, basically, kind of thing. Yeah, Carahad is and, uh, saying, well, you know, we could we, we could ha- go up in this, in this hut, clear it out, fortify it, knock some of the windows through. Um, you've got a saw on you. No, you haven't got a saw on you. Um, does anyone have a shovel? We don't have anything useful. Yes. Shovel. No, you don't. That was that. Was Zane had a shovel. Oh, was it Zane? Yeah. Oh, 
Fuck. Carrying a shovel around for, <laughs> for four months. <laughs> um, uh, so, uh, Gimbal's just going to say, I, I don't want to stay here. None of us want to stay here. We should find somewhere not in this village. Hopefully downwind. Uh, oh, upwind. Upwind. Mm. You, further afield, chasing after these horses, are going to see that this great swathe of preps and, and destroyed um, low field boundaries. You're talking um, small dry stone walls here, where things get a bit more rocky in this area. This area is, is, is a little bit more barren. It's, you, you'll notice that, as you're walking on the path, you'll notice that there's generally more pebbles and rocks and slightly sharper rocks, like pumice kind of stuff, that get into your, your boots. Once you you get past this village. It's the, you know, that seems to sort of follow the, the, the main road coming out of Kerava towards Kota. But it was kind of going a bit more north and to this village, and then it changes direction and it's going you know, very much towards the southeast. What are you doing? I think we should follow it. Yeah, follow the trail. Is he going? Trots across and trampled. Um, there's nothing left of these dry stone walls. It's just just mm-hmm. like they didn't they didn't sort of stop dismantle them and move them. They just knocked them over and kept going. Oh shit. I want to go back and search Brady's body. Oh, I already did that. Well, did we do it? I, I did that. You did a, a check. I mean, yeah. If you want to, to run his pockets, then that would be a, a different thing. You can just go and search the body, but you didn't see we're doing that. Oh, fair enough. Okay. Uh, just just to make this more interesting, let's roll a die on how it rolls. We'll say that's how far away we are. And then we'll use that as a measurement. To say feet or miles ask. or minutes. Bleak, roll me an intelligence check. 17, roll 1d20. And that's the number of minutes. Fifteen minutes into this journey, sort of plugging down the road, you sort of look back and go, ah, oh, for fuck's sake, what a little bodies. Guys, I'll catch you up. I'll be right back. I'm going to turn the horse around and I'm going to start galloping back. To the Gimbal's just going to grumble. Yeah, sure you will. So Seen yeah, this before. Can you back? Yeah. We, we can't even argue no. with him because he's already gone. Yeah, not, not even going to bother following him. He's tired of this by now. Bleak likes to fuck off a lot. Yeah, so. well, we'll, we'll just share a glance of, for fuck's sake. Yeah. It's getting on for about... I'm going to imagine Carahad's going to chuckle to himself. <laughs> it's getting on for about sort of half eight as he's disappeared, so he's got some some daylight left. But you you know from experience that you need, you know, about an hour to set up a camp and... We, should, we, should, we should probably find somewhere to make camp soon. Carry on, carry on a bit further, try and find a good spot, and then I think it would be quite of amusing to see if we can hide through him. <laughs> make, make, make him have to hunt for us a little bit. Okay. Right, yeah, why not? Let's mess with him. Yeah, okay. Uh, I would like both of you to make a survival check, please. Okay. Oh, come on, 20. Come on, 20. 20. 12. Uh, 5. As Rue decides that he wants to set up his camp in a field of dry grass, <laughs> Gimbal um, looks around and goes... Wouldn't it be better if we found one of these dry stone walls so that we can make a little actual or a fire pit so that we don't set fire to ourselves? But yeah, let's go into the long grass and uh, and do it there because we don't need a fire right now. And you find that the, the field boundaries seem to link up the trees. Makes sort of sense. You follow this field boundary and there's a patch either side of untrod, you know, unplanted ground so you can move a track through the, the grass. Gimbal, because this is your success, would you like to roll the stealth check with advantage? 18, thank God that had advantage. We've been stubby at Leaf. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you find an area um, where there's... You find some branches and um, you sort of snap a few down, direct uh, route to sort of snap things off for you as well. And, you know, there's, there's a few bits and pieces of you know, dry stuff. Um, this is a very dry tree. This is, you know, 
thinking of Mediterranean. We're, we're, cl- we're collecting the branches and we're just kind of piling them up on Karahad and the pile bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. <laughs> yeah, you, you now have enough firewood for several days. And you're going to uh, find a spot where you reckon if you actually backtrack your way into this field on a particular line, you wouldn't be seen. From there. Like you could trample around this little bit and you wouldn't be seen. So like on the other side of this field boundary, the tree would be sheltering you a bit. So like, you'd have to figure it out. Um, like he wouldn't go on all night or whatever, but he, yeah, he'd probably have to figure it out. Bleak, you're at the the village. There's a, a house burning into the ground. It's it's a you know it's a, a pile on the floor. There's a couple of upstanding walls. I... It smells of pork. <laughs> I'm gonna go straight to the night captain's body and I'm gonna search his pockets. Uh, roll me a constitution check, please. Saving throw or build. Saving throw, yeah. Nine. You turn him over. As you turn him over, you see that he actually fell to his death partly over the corpse of a, a villager, which is a lot more decayed. It's been out here a week, maybe. You, you don't know exactly how long, but it's been out for a long time, and it's almost liquid at this point. You know, it's it's been out in the elements. And it's been predated upon. You, you turn it over, and it just slicks away. Ooh, um, people soup. Yeah, uh, definite body soup going on here, and. It's the worst smell that you've ever come across. You're used to the smell of dead bodies and things. But not terribly used to them, because normally you make them dead and run away. <laughs> um, you don't necessarily hang around for a few days. This is going to get right into your sinus cavity, and you are going to lose it. You are going to empty your stomach to whatever extent, and you're going to dry retch for a, a good while. And when you're, you're done heaving, you sort of moved away from it, your, your hands are shaking. I'd be really glad no one was about to see it. <laughs> now, you can still go through this guy's things, but it's got this ica over him. God, um, uh, yeah, I'm just ripping him apart, just like still dry heaving a bit, and looking over him. Fuck me, fuck me. Um, <laughs> you find uh, in his uh, belt pouch, you find um, a signet ring, which one would use for sealing documents. You find a moderate amount of silver, say 20 silver. You know, he's got his riding gloves behind him he was wearing his, his, uh, his chain gauntlets but not much else only about the body I want to pull the entire body away from everything else I want to set him aside for what else I want to take up his armour and strip him down okay go for that this is going to take you about half an hour to do because it's a dead body he's not helping you and it, he's a heavy guy so you have to sort of like move him take the armour up a bit move him take it up a bit move him take it up a bit yeah that's okay. fine uh, I want to do a proper check on everything I itemised. Not not don't really tell me, but I want to make sure he's not got anything hidden. Roll me an investigation. 19. Yeah, you can strip him down. Uh, you take the, the tabard off. He has uh, he, ha- he has a, a small symbol of the, 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 o- over the Vujikiv um, crest. Well, it's, the, it's stitched in. Um, it's, 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 kind of, it's kind of a... a it's, it's a yellow bar, like, uh, embroidered in. Okay. And it, it, it's a, a mark of rank. Essentially, that he's the night captain. Single gold bar, yellow bar. If you want to take that, you can. You will take off his his chain armour. It's really good chain armour. It is not just a a hauberk. It is everything. It's uh, the chaucers, the legs, it's it's the arms. He's got extra padding over the top. He's got little little metal bits um, over the top. Um, He's got mitten gauntlets. He's he's properly covered, like a, a coif over his head, although that has slipped down. Um, so if you wanted, you could get a full suit of chain armour out of this. Everything. Want to keep it? Yeah, it's all getting patterns on Fronos the horse. Okay, yeah. Uh, what about his clothing? Oh. Reasonable clothing over there? His, his gambit underneath the Yeah, his tabard will do. 
Just anything that could be used. A padded gambeson underneath the chain armor. It's part and parcel of the chain armor. If you wore chain over just normal clothes, you'd die pretty quickly. No, I'm guessing that's pretty gooey right now, so I'm going to leave it. Anything that's close to skin is fine, but I am going to check under that. That tattered, but it's front and back. That is, that's covered with ichor. That that smells and is it's always been a death person. You 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 would always go to smell of death. You can't get that shit out. I'm going to take it. For breeze has not been invented. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll take it. Okay, you can take that, roll it, wash it off for it all, roll it up, and squish it, some that stuff leaks out the back. Eating it. But I, I, <laughs> what I want to gather is why was he there? Who had been as far as away from that place? He should have been held up somewhere, wasn't he? He was out, 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 out of the were, city. They were supposed to head out of the city and follow the tracks down to a certain point to make it look to anyone in the city like they were basically going to people who'd been captured. Mm. They were supposed to, was it break off at some point and go to... One of the border barons' castles. One of the border so why, barons did castles. He, why did he not get there? This village is still in Anish. So he's, no, he's only got, like, travel away kind of thing. The, the, the tracks would have... He would have gone through this village anyway to get to the border barons' castle. Well, he would have followed... The, if he was going on, on that thing, he would have followed them. This is one of those things where you could figure something out as a character that you can't figure out as a player. Yeah, if you yeah. roll the check. Okay, okay. so... You, a straight-up intelligence, please. Or wisdom. 19. Which was? The... Wisdom, wisdom or intelligence. You had explained to you very clearly that the legal system said that you, they could not go to war with another country without permission from the High King. Which is why was he... So he was there to stop the attack, to, to upheld the law? Or? You would say that if they met the foe in honest combat in the field in their own country... Legally, that would be okay. Okay. So I'm, I'm gathering from this, he's got... The town was under attack. He got off his horse or whatever, and he tried to defend. And he got killed. That, that's pretty much what happened, yes. If that's I'm, your conclusion, that's your conclusion. But there's nothing... What to say, not, not out, out of... What is it, out of character. I don't know about that, because the body he's been laying on is heavily decomposed, which means it's been there before he got there. And from what you were saying about the direction that these things would have come, they would have come through this village to the keep and gone back through it. This is this is a de- this village is a detour from the main road. So, but but it's the route that the enemy have taken, isn't it? Yes. So I mean, it's like they've basically raided this village on the way in, attacked, uh, laid the sh- and then gone back this way, and the night captains followed them, maybe caught them up in the village and fought them and got killed, but obviously it might have laid an ambush. Bleak, you were talking about he sort of rode in on his horse and did all this stuff. Roll me a wisdom, please. Twelve. Where are the horses? For horses? <laughs> right, so, right, okay. so he walked here. No? You didn't see him leave. Pretty sure that, I'm pretty sure that Knuckles mentioned that, oh, was it uh, Gareth? Did mention that they would, did they ridden off? They? Yeah, yeah the, the night captain and his, and his cohorts. I was listening to the bleeding thing a couple of days ago as well. All I'm going to say is, the clues are there. What's the theories? And, I, and I'll allow table talk. From what I'm saying, I'm, I'm thinking, Night Captain Harver, Harver Hassan, has gone after them, caught them up at the village, mm-hmm. and been slaughtered, and they've either taken or eaten the horses. Mm. I don't think they probably caught them up. I mean, they may have, yeah. Run into an ambush. Run into... Obviously, there was a much stronger ambush there, because... Explaining why there's all these guys in red, and then what we came across were probably just the the aftermath, the, yeah. the guys that were left over. Remaining forces, maybe. Mm. 
I'm curious as to your theories about the 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 blood symbol thing. The what's happening with these bad okay. guys? Right, I reckon uh, I've been thinking about this, and I've been thinking of a way to work it into because Gimbal's the only one who's based on this. But I'm thinking. Sorry, I'll just clarify. This isn't just so I can lean back and go. I, I actually need to. Okay, so basically, I'm, I've been thinking about this. Has been sort of churning away in gamble in gamble in Gimbal's brain. He's going to take a gamble. Um, basically, I mean, actually, I'll tell you what. This because we need a campfire soon. You mm. two definitely need to talk, and I think the theories and stuff are better to come out in character. What do you reckon? Yeah, cool. I'm for that. Cool. Uh, Blake, what's your further business in the town? The, the, sorry, I'm trying to figure this out. That's what I'm trying to do. That's what that's, we're talking about. That's you've you've got so far. You've okay. The horses aren't there. <coughs> you've you yourself. That's a question that you've got. You didn't roll a high enough wisdom check to figure it out. Okay. Um, unless you want to figure it out in character, and that would be probably best in in RP. So uh, you've got this information. You've got this pile of bodies there still. A lot of people have done a lot of checks on these bodies. A lot of people have gone around them. And um, that's you did go through the pockets of this guy, didn't you? This uh, black scaly guy. I did, but we couldn't get around to what I found. We found um, you know, a basalt pebble, I believe. Polished yeah. basalt pebble. Yeah, that was about the only thing of interest he had. He had none of his potions left. What potion? Okay, the one they'd been thrown to resurrect. Is that yeah. Potion? Where he was throwing, there was nothing left. <laughs> no, there's nothing left. Okay, then I'm going to get back on the horse with my newly acquired armour. I'm going to find these guys. While hiding, Gimbal's uh, got his little piece of wood out again and he's whittling away. Piece of wood. Doesn't know, know what he's making yet, it's just slowly taking shape. So you, you you probably spent about an hour in this village going back over this this guy and, and searching things and trying to figure stuff out. And, and things. It was pretty exhausting, so you took a break. You know, stripping a corpse of chain armour is not an easy thing. And... Um, you know, there's lots of ties and lots of, you know, leather bits to, you know, uh, cinch out and stuff. So, uh, you've, you've got that. I mean, add that into your inventory. Um, if you want his gambeson, you can have it. But you, if you were wanting to wear chain armour, you would need that gambeson. Yep, that's fine. Uh, what am I adding? Just, it, it's, it's, a, it's a suit of chain armour, but I want you to be aware that the underclothes are part of that. Yep. So, so chain mail, yeah. You're riding this horse. Um, you've got this stuff clanking on the back of you, chinking away on the back of you. There's no way to make that quiet, you can't stow that. So you're sort of whoosh, 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 every time this horse takes another pace. You're going to go down the motorway you left them, you figure they probably went on a bit, and so you're looking for a camp. Please make a perception check, please. Can I do a perception check to see if I hear him coming? You said the clunch, clunch, clunch. Um, 16. 10. 10? You've got no fucking clue where these guys are. The 16? You hear him go past you. Gim- Gimbal's going to hear you laughing and just say, What? I think he's just gone past us. Gim- Gimbal's going to sit there a bit and just be like, Let's, let's get, him, like, get ahead a bit and follow him. <laughs> just <laughs> quietly as possible. Yeah. Right. Just, just walk me how he gets. Carad, do you want to stay with all the stuff or we'll just sneak after him? Oh, I suppose so. <laughs> It's like he's in the room. Yeah, close my eyes and tell Tom. So, are we doing stealth checks? Then? We have to stealth checks. Stealth checks. Yeah. Oh shit! Gimbal falls flat on his face. Um, so as you, what was your thing? Eight. Eight. Okay, so 
uh, as you're both stalking, you're literally <laughs> tiptoe. You've got your hands up in the air like dun, 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 and doing that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And behind you, please, you hear the sounds of a harp going dun 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 dun. dun, dun. Try, you have to try and get that sound. Back. I'm gonna fire my crossbow. <laughs> Just roll it. Roll the roll any any die odds and evens. Odds and evens, yeah. Roll roll the die with the soul, damn you. Okay. okay. Shooting at your Come your on. team. Roll the <laughs> your sick digital things. Not you're not trying to warning <laughs> shot. It's warning shot. Okay. Um, please. Oh, oh no, my, my time on the just a flat D20. You might not be trying to hit us, but you might. Well, yeah. Um, choose Rick. Hit. Fly, Fly past. Don't put the hair the audible. Like, the furthest it hits the ground behind them. Yeah. yeah. Do you want to tell me by following me? There's no one here but us rabbits. Deception roll. They're still kind of in the crop. I'm firing it at him. <laughs> For the audio? I'm, I'm firing, firing it at the room. Okay, roll that. Uh, I was going to say, you'd have to reload your crossbow first. That, that's an action. Okay. 24 is, is uh, and you're going to roll with disadvantage. So roll again, take the lower result. 12. 12? What's your AC? 11. 11, but you have uh, half You have half cover, Yeah. which is a plus 2 to your AC. So, 13. This whistles past your ear. He's he's homing in. I don't think this is funny anymore. <laughs> <laughs> right, all right. Okay, we're coming out now. <laughs> Kimball's just going to say we think we found a good camping. We're coming out now. I stand up in the small in the tall grass. You also stand up in the tall grass, but we still can't see. <laughs> no, yeah. I'm, I'm going to stand up and wave. <laughs> so just a, a disembodied hand waving out of yeah, the ground. Don't still wearing it's a bandana. <laughs> it's going to be a hammock in a minute. Oh. <laughs> okay, I'm going to sigh. Pick up the bolts. Good luck finding them in the grass. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I, I totally reckon for the fact that you were shooting at me that you totally lose those bolts. Uh, right, okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're gonna. <laughs> okay, so we're leading back to who's going to do fire. I think Carahad could probably just get a fire going. Yeah. Uh, no, oh, he's probably sat there and built it up already. He's got nothing else to do. Fair mm-hmm. I'm going to. He's got almost an entire tree next to him. So how big's the tree? Top branches. Uh, about 12 foot um, it's it's one of those sort of scraggly ones that kind of comes up at a bit of an angle it's, it's been bent by the prevailing wind not too difficult to climb no so it go, goes up about maybe 5 feet and then spreads out a bit cool I'm going to roll to climb and I want to tie my bandana as a hammock on the tree if, if you want to take your time you can just take 10 cool so I'm going to take 10 then while they're doing this um, what's your dexterity modifier? Um, plus 2 so, yeah, absolutely fine. You just whip it up there. Cool. Uh, full rest. This um, is going to be a full rest. I was going to say, guys, while there, um, I, I'm going to bring out my harp and I'm going to play my Song of Rest. Friendly creatures gain an extra 1d6 to heal. Bleak, are you friendly? I'm not. <laughs> no, this is whoever he thinks is friendly, so it's, yeah. He, basically, you pick your targets. Mr. Friendly Creatures, you pick yep. your targets. So that would be Carahad. Can't remember whether he was injured or not. I think he was. He's a bit, he's a bit banged up. Yeah, yeah. Oh, four, four. Yeah, yeah, okay. Sorry. Yeah, Rue, obviously. Yeah. Um, and myself. Right, um, full health. What I was doing was, because I can't remember, I know one of us pocketed that piece of wood with the runes on it. Did you pocket it? No, you no, did. I did, okay. Because I, I read it and then handed it to you. Right, what I was doing then in that case, I had the um, that piece of wood. 
which I was looking over again. And I have the basalt pebble. Obviously, I can't do it to detect magic or anything, but I do want to do an arcana check on it just to, you know. Uh, ooh, hell yes. Why is he never here for these? 23. <laughs> there is a symbol on the back of this pebble. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's rounded on the top and flat on the bottom, like, you know, river stone. Yeah. Except you, you're looking at it and it's actually a perfect circle, this stone. Yeah. It's domed on the top, it's flat on the bottom. It doesn't have a lip to it, like a, a sharp lip, it just rounds over. But this looks, this was shaped, you know, this was shaped. Really good craftsmanship, really, really good. This is, this is not carved out by some peasant somewhere. This, this is, someone put some money into this or put some serious time into it. And there is a symbol on the back. And that symbol um, is, is just lightly carved in, it's just incised in. And so it's, it's not a surprise that you'd miss it. But you're looking at it and you feel that this has... If you were going to use symbols to maybe channel energy in some way, this is maybe a way that you would do it. You know, the, the craftsmanship that went into this and the way it's carved in, not necessarily the, the content of the symbol, but the way it's applied and what it's applied to, you think, if I were to try and view something with magic, this is how I'd start. You know, you need something to give it form, something for the magic to adhere to. So that's how I would do it. And you see this symbol. Oh, no, you're not here. You don't get to see the symbol. All right. All right. <laughs> okay, take it. Describe Thank it. Um, so the outer is the stone, or, or is the entire thing the symbol? No, the symbol is is inscribed inside a circle. Right. Okay. So it's almost like a uh, setting sun. Uh, so half a sun at the bottom of the circle, and it's got five wiggly lines coming out of it. And I'll let Gimbal have a. So you've got, you got to sort of nudge me and yeah, distract me from a whittling. Let you have a look at it. Perception, history, whatever, see if I recognise it. Yep. Yeah. 16. 16? No fucking clue what this thing is. Fair enough. So I've never seen this before. I'd be like, where did you spot that? It was It was on the uh, It was on the dead guy. Look at how he's looking so smug. Just for the benefit of the audio, Paul is grinning inanely. Yeah. I'm going to say, as part of this process, because I'm... You know, uh, weighing this up and thinking it might be for focusing energy and stuff. I want to try casting a spell whilst holding this thing to see if it has any effect. What spell are you casting? I'm just going to do minor uh, illusion because I consider that to be the one that can't really have any bad effect and see if it has any effect on it. Because I'm working on the theory that if it does massively magnify uh, my powers or something like that, I don't want to accidentally blow my hand off by mis- misfiring an eldritch blast that's five times the strength of it. So. What illusion are you casting? I'm just going to do something very simple. I'm just going to do a... I always go to animals. I'm just going to do a bunny rabbit. I want you to make a wisdom saving throw. Oh. Eleven. And an arcana check. With disadvantage. Six. You cast this illusion of this bunny rabbit at this stone so you imagine you know, it's going to be projected up on the top of this stone or whatever and well I, more, I have it in my hand and I'm just kind of you know okay. taking a firm grip of it as I, as I do what I would normally do it's just this is firmly gripped in my hand so as you try and form the image of this uh, bunny rabbit you feel a, a, a resistance like your mind doesn't really want the, the image of a bunny rabbit and it's kind of bubbling up from your subconscious there is the, the image of a swamp very unmistakably a swamp you hear cicadas or crickets, whatever the hell, whether in the swamp, and you see waters just shifting slightly, and then... Okay. 
when it, when it feels like there's this whole energy going on in the stone, or has that stopped as well? You didn't feel any energy. This is knowledge about okay. how energy works. Right, okay. Okay. That was a sort of sideline for when we were waiting for you. So, uh, we brought, brought you back to camp, I've made my hammock, settling down to rest, and I'm just going to be playing, Gimbal's just going to be playing his harp, and he's just going to say, Guys, you know I've been thinking what this might all be about. They've been taking only certain people. Everyone of the scaly men who we've seen has been turned back into human after being stabbed in the brain. There's been a lot of blood everywhere, which as we know has got a sort of mumble of it, sort of freak me out. But I think what's clued me off is when we went when Rue went into that tunnel and he found that piece of wood with the word blood on it. I'm thinking, is it possible that all these people are somehow related by something in their blood? Something that makes them attractive to these enemies. Are they maybe descended from the same person? Or the same group of people? Well, it's a nice idea, but they've only been taking the young and the, uh, the, young and the old. It's generally, they've been taking people who are not capable of putting up a fight, basically. So, it, I mean, surely, you'd, if, if that was the case, you'd still have people in that middle, young, fit and healthy range that would... would have this kind of blood type or blood blood heritage or whatever, and they'd be trying to take them as well, but they've not been doing so. Well, maybe they don't need able-bodied people. Maybe they need something that's in the blood, and therefore it's easier to take people who can't fight back. Mm. It could be something in. How the... would they know who had the blood and not? It's, it's pretty obvious that some kind of magic's involved from the fact that these guys are turning from scaly people back into normal people. Magic. Really. What else? Coincidence? About a billion other things that isn't magic? Nah. We don't know. Maybe there's someone doing dodgy experiments. That I can get behind. Madmen. Yeah, I can believe a madman do an experiment, but magic. There has to be something that's making them take these specific people, and only these specific people. Just to put this in context, science doesn't exist. People innovate and do things and invent things, but the scientific, it, the, the experimental model hasn't been... Alchemy can't think. Yeah, people have tried alchemy, yeah, it's, people have tried for, for, for years to do alchemy, led into gold work. So is it possible then that somehow this blood is fueling what they're doing, all the strange stuff. I want to roll a history check to see if Gimbal has heard of or remembers anything like this having happened at some point in the past, or if this is related with certain events of a, that have happened around about this time or in a similar, a similar lunar combination. Go for it. I too... You know nothing, Galloglass. Would. <laughs> I too would like a history check because during my time in the city uh, I was doing a bit of research in the libraries and stuff because you know things and I can't imagine I wouldn't have tried to it okay you get the history of, of this so you, you know you, you're, you're trained in history but you're going to get three subjects that you um, focus on before you flitted on to something else so I think there's three things that you went slightly deeper into and you'll get advantage on those subjects but you need to choose them as they go but that's permanent. I'm going to say, um, I, I reckon there's probably no... Science doesn't exist, so I don't think there'll be kind of like any journals on this. So there is learning. Um, people, you know, good uh, land management is a massive, massive, massive subject. I'm going to um, say, history is... I'm going to say one of them is history and folklore surrounding magic. And the... Okay, yeah. 
that, yeah, okay, so go like that. And that's with a history check. With an advantage. Uh, that's 18. A long time ago, there are legends about people in the past that wanted for nothing, that could have, and it was fulfilled immediately by their will. Those are considered the uh, sort of the, the very earliest myths and uh, descriptions of people would think uh, nowadays are kind of um, godlike beings that you, you know tradition has forgotten. Uh, people who could make things with their minds and all that sort of stuff. The gods that have survived this day and age are very much they are seen as they only listen if you think they do. You know that it's that belief that's fine, but you know so those stories were were seen as that what you would call druids. For the longest time, witches, hedge wizards, hedge witches, people would call them Druvanish. And uh, basically in arboreal context you would find them. Anywhere there's natural land away from settlement, those are people who are in actual accounts by actual explorers and um, historians. You know that they operate on a sense of to be able to do a lot of things, but nothing that they could prove in a sense. They, they seem to be very connected about knowledge. It was about achieving an effect that led to greater oneness with their surroundings. And there's a sense of balance to it. So a druid might spend three years tending a grove, tending the forest around him, um, making sure that there was enough light that the old got moved away from the new saplings so they fertilised, but also to let the light in, to basically because to make sure that the natural state of the, the wood was as good as it was in order to being able to as they would claim one particular story that a druid would enter a trance and this one particular guy tells about this this druid who was telling him that he, he went into this trance and achieved a state of oneness with every living and could enter into any living thing including trees and was for a brief able to extend his consciousness into a specific place and would be somewhere else looking through a creature's eyes in the world as an oak tree would, you know, knowing what's around and it nearly killed him. That was a tale about 200 years old. Since then, those sorts of tales grew. People who were living in those contexts, those, those druids, you know, you might find that a forest would burn down around them or you would find that um, suddenly the growth was everywhere and because it was too much forest died. So something from this that I'm taking from this is, is so uh, magic is a thing but generally there's a price to pay for it? There are people in the world who now study magic but there are very few in between. Okay, so right, using that knowledge then and your theory so playing that onto your theory then in that case it's entirely possible that if Blood is a big factor in this, that might be the cost of everything they're doing. Somehow they're essentially farming blood. But why from young and old people? It doesn't make sense. As I said, that they're less likely to fight back, or if they fight, try and fight back, they're not going to be able to fight back very much. It's easier to kidnap them, to harvest whatever's needed. And then it's, that'll just, it'll just give the people who they've left, who are the young and the able, to want to get their children back. It, it would incite a lot of passion to get them back. And Gimble's just going to say, as we saw at the night, Captain Harson, that attempt wasn't very successful. Mm. They are a big army. And if they're being fueled and powered by magic, they've got one hell of an advantage over everyone else. Mm. They don't even need as big an army as possibly you'd need to go after them to combat. I mean, we saw it ourselves. I mean, that we, we killed that creature, yeah, that, that lizard thing. 
down. And then what, what, what did he throw at it that brought it back up again? I mean, can you imagine, like, 100 people dotted out throughout an army with those? A volley of arrows come in, half your, your chosen bottles around, you've got your army back. What, what I'm getting at this, what, what, I'm, what, I'm, what I'm getting from this is that our magic user knows little to nothing about what he's actually doing, and we have no idea what we've got ourselves into. No, we don't. We're here, we may as well continue and try and put a stop to it. I believe you two need to have a chat. Mm-hmm. Gimbal's just here from the hammockers. <laughs> we just had a lot of beans. <laughs> Alright then, let's get some popcorn. Um, I'm gonna be quietly loading little vials of poison into little cages for my own thing. Very careful process. Alright then, Blink. I promised you answers as best as I could give them when we got around a campfire. Ask the way. <laughs> all that You've lead up. To be fair, it's, it's, it's like when someone says, it's like, okay, say something, and you, you, your mind just goes. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, Rue, could have got us out, out of jail. If you wanted to. You've. Every time you've you tried, tried to help, help you've been, been more of a hindrance. Can I interject, Rue, you probably that was on your mind? The, the spell thing? I'm going to tell you, you've taken 20 on that. That was a spell. He let you feel this thing. You, you had examined that before. Yeah. You didn't feel the thing. He let you feel the spell, and that was a specific thing he let you do. If you just put your hand on it, it probably wouldn't work. Okay. So, you try to fling whatever ability you have, and it's caused more of a hindrance. I'm failing to see what use you are. Okay, well, enough. I, I will freely admit. Yeah. You killed, killed Boatman Barnes, and you lied about it to us, and you got us in a lot of yeah. trouble. We, we do. do. No, we don't. We, we do. do. We don't. All they said was that Boatman Barnes was dead and they had a witness through. They just said, we. Okay. Mm. Oh, right, I'm going to insinuate then. And I think you killed Boatman Barnes. I think when you went back in to grab your dagger, I think you killed him. There was no. We left him alive and you went back. So you lied. So I'm thinking you lied. You are causing more havoc with, with your magic than what, like, what you're doing good. And. You murder people in cold blood, and I'm, and I kill. Well, I've killed quite a lot of people, but he he was down. He 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 couldn't fight. I've never killed anyone like that, and I I think you slid your dagger straight into him. You're a dangerous person, and you shouldn't be around people. <laughs> coming from the and that, wow, and that <laughs> is coming from me. Okay. Alright, fair enough. I'll take that all on board. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll answer some of the questions. <laughs> do, do you want some sal for that burn? Yeah. <laughs> Alright, I'll answer some of the questions. Um, the what's, lock. The, what's the damage on vicious, vicious mockery? <laughs> <laughs> the lock, for example, um, was a lock. And what do you need to open a lock? A key. He essentially had the key for that lock. Just just because it was magic. Just, right, if you, went, if you go up to a lock, you can't just open it. If you've got a key, you can't just open it. You, you can't just open it with any key. You need to have the right kind of key. Or you need to have the ability to fake that key somehow with lockpicking and stuff and everything. That was the first time I'd ever seen someone use magic to make a lock. If, you know, if that was the first time you'd ever seen a lock in your life, you, you might walk away from it and think, this is what I need to do to get into it. But, you know, you wouldn't know how to do it. This will get. This is so, what gets me with your like, year. 
you're quite happy to throw a, a few protected spells. You're quite, you know, quite a few throw whatever you want about magic wise, but you're not. You don't seem to be any good at it or learning more flying by the seat of your pants. And we're all probably gonna get hurt because of it. Yeah, fair enough. I'm flying by the seat of my pants. But were you any different when you first started learning to fight? Did you know what you were doing? But no, no. But there was a structured, and I learned from someone. You're not doing that. You're. Who do I have to learn from? Apparently, Gareth guy. He he could probably fucking help you. Well, I'm, I'm sure he could, and the fact that he can do stuff was of great interest to me. But he's not here right now. You could have stayed. But you, you you're putting your friends in a lot of danger with what you don't understand. Yeah, there's something you're kind of not really aware of that's kind of crucial to all this. You're, you're accusing me of having these powers and being weird and, and all this kind of stuff, but something you fail to understand is that's your fault. What? Yeah. <laughs> you, specifically, you, are the reason I have these powers. How did you work that one out then? Did you never think it was a bit weird the way I reacted when we first met? To be fair, Rui, you, you're a fairly odd bloke. So, I just assumed that's how you reacted to new people. Have I reacted to anyone else we've ever met that way? And then there was, I also thought you had a bit, bit of a hard on for me, but I let that slide. I've not always been the way I am, okay? Really? Go on then. I don't want to talk about it, to be honest, in that much detail, but I'll say I have not always been the man that I am now. That doesn't surprise me. At a point, when I was really, really in a bad way, I was approached by someone. And they told me that in exchange for looking out for you, following you, and making sure you were okay, I would be given power. That is not creepy in the slightest. (laughs) I agree with you wholeheartedly. But... You know, for how long? And you've not told me any of this, and we've known each other for quite a while now. You've what? not mentioned it once, and the fact that you're blaming me for having your powers when no, you what? made a choice no, to, no, no. to. There was no choice to be made. You don't know my background. You don't know who I was and why I had to do this. But there was no choice in this, none at all. And all I'm going to say is, really quite happy to be putting the spotlight on me and saying, why aren't you any good at your powers and where do you get them from and this and that and the other. You seem to be ignoring the fact that someone came to me about you. Why are you so fucking special? I had to do things to look after you. I've been told to observe you by a creature with more power than of us are ever probably going to see in our life, I imagine. So why on earth is someone like that interested in you? Oh, I don't really know. I think you do. Bleak, I would like you to roll wisdom, say. Two. You see, just in your peripheral vision, you see movement, and it's a squirrel. <laughs> just, just a little brown squirrel running up this tree that gimbles in to the top leaves. And it looks so tasty. So tasty. And just there, you can get it, and you want it. Uh, roll me a dexterity acrobatics. Seven. You fly after this thing and it dances away from you but you, you hit the tree and you, you've grabbed the tree and you, you've both feet are off the ground you've, you've got sort of, you know, one brace against you and you're ready to go up and this thing looks just within reach you, you can get this thing 
Well, at this point, has woken up because the tree's just gone. Mm, indeed. So I scored a natural 20 plus 4. You don't even break stride as you come up. You're not like hanging from the tree and push yourself up. You just, you've got it and you vault up and you're pushing off with your feet, pulling up your hands and, um, and grab this squirrel by the tail. You yank it off the tree, drop to the ground, not even watching how you fall, but you drop to the ground into a crouch and you rip into this squirrel with your teeth. You break its neck plunge your, your teeth into it, these, these little pointy incisor things that you've, you've developed on the bottom jaw, and you just take a, a, a bite of this thing, rip its throat out, and you feel fantastic. What do you do? Am I, am I coming out of this? No. Can I start to look at Gimbal? <laughs> I think. Gim- Gimbal's just uh, staring in horror. Can I do... I don't know what... This is so quick. So quick. Can I... Have I got time to do any kind of check to see if I can... To your eyes, he has just literally stopped conversation and leapt straight into this tree, ripped this thing out. You don't even know what it is, and he's, he's tearing into something. And now, and looks at Gimbal. What do you do? Can I do the same? I'm going to think he's fucking tasty. Okay. He's an easier target. You don't need to run athletics. This is going to be... You are... How high off the ground am I, though? This is a thing. It's like, could he reach me? <laughs> oh, my God. No, it's you, not like you're, about, you're about five feet, four feet off the ground. Ah, so we could reach me easily. Cool. So you're going to roll uh, a hit roll. A so hit. without proficiency. So no, it's actually no. This we'll make this a straight up strength check. Fine. Roll me a strength or acrobatics. Acrobatics. Twelve. Okay. He comes for you and he doesn't manage it. How does he not manage it? As he jumps up at me, I'm going to vault out sideways out. Basically, just tip up and roll off to one side. Away from the tree, because obviously he'll be facing the tree, he's just fallen out of, off it. Would it be a dex roll to see if I land on my feet? Or? No, no, that's, that's fine. Okay, cool. I can see that you're going after him, and you just rip this thing open, and the only thing I can think of doing is I am going to cast Repelling Blast at you, because I want to put some distance between you and... Roll me a, dex- a straight-up dexterity check, please, to see if you can do this fast enough, because this is a blink of an eye. <laughs> no, two. <laughs> okay, so... Uh, describe to me what, what this spell looks like. I, sorry, I forgot to mention, I am still holding that stone though. Because I've just been, because I was looking at it before, and I've been, you know, I've just been playing with it and stuff, and I've been trying to figure it out. So it is in my hand. I don't know whether that makes any difference. Okay, what, what does Repelling Blast do? Is that Eldritch Repe- Blast with it? It's the, re- it's the Eldritch Blast, but if it's successful, you can push them up to 10 feet away. Basically. You envision that as a, as a bolt of energy. Does that, that energy coalesce before it goes? Does it just spark off? What does it do? I mean, does it come from your hand? Does it come from... Yes, yeah, so I, I kind of fire it out of my hand and it's... I view it as kind of like a, a ball with a trail. Okay. So, Bleak, you come to and you are staring at Gimbal with adrenaline in your blood and a dead squirrel in your hand sort of trailing along as you stalk Gimbal. You and dribbling to. out of your mouth. Yeah, and you taste it as well. It tastes good, but you are absolutely compassmentous now. Um, what do you do in that blink of an eye when you, you come to what do you do? I drop the squirrel up to my hands and I stare intently at Rue. And you see him looking at you, surprised, fearful, and holding a ball of black energy. And we growl you. Like, he's just... It's not darkness around his hand. It is almost radiating blackness. It's a very odd way. It's, it's light, but it's black. Is that the pebble hand? Or the Eldritch Blast. The Eldritch charged. Blast. That, that, that's the charging. Okay, yeah. Yeah. I'm saying, you, you did this. I'm going to, like, slowly stalk towards him. I'm going to 
pull the two daggers I have out and I'll start towards him slowly, more and more intently, staring, staring him down. And as you walk towards him, the image of your brother comes to mind. I get up to Rue, pick him up off the ground by his neck. Roll strength check. Nine. Are you going to resist that? Oh, hell yeah. Uh, strength or acrobatics? Strength. Uh, Sixteen. Yeah, he picks you up, but his heart isn't in it. Like, it's, he's got you by scruff of the neck, but he's not lifting you up, and you just. Yeah, you can resist, and, and how do you resist? Um, he's not going to lift you off the ground. Okay, I. I, I'm I trying to get you close, like. Yeah, I resist essentially by doing that thing where you're not physically resisting, but you're kind of doing that thing where you tense up in a way to make you more. I don't know how to describe it, where someone's trying to pick you up and you don't want them to, so you kind of. You almost will yourself to be heavier, and it makes you all tense up, and you. you just you try and ground yourself. Yeah, essentially. Bleak, as, as you pick him up, he's up, he goes tense, and not necessarily with fear, but your heart just isn't in this. Like you, you, you're trying to pick him up. Like that's that's the result of your role. It's, it's not that he was unmovable. It was just mm-hmm. you could take him off, off his feet if you really wanted to, but for some reason you haven't. Well, like they are long side. I was like, fuck this. Do this by yourselves. I grab my pack. The nearest horse, and I'm going to head off. And we'll end there. Dungeons & Dragons is owned by Wizards of the Coast. The game world is an original creation by Paul Bennett and Robert Sanderson. The song was Shards of Glass by Louis Barabbas and the Bedlam Six. If you'd like to get in touch with us, it's swordnutradio at gmail.com, that's swordnutradio at gmail.com, or on Twitter at swordnutradio, or look us up on Facebook, because what is the worst that could possibly happen? Just a reminder, get your emails and tweets in for the behind-the-screen episode for the 5th edition campaign, which is coming up soon. As a special request, we'd also like people to be writing one-shot NPCs for both the 5th edition campaign and the Star Trek campaign. For either of those campaigns, get in touch with me by email, and I'll give you the parameters to design around and you might just hear your NPCs on the air. Thanks for listening. <laughs> That's interesting. And you've had the nerve to call me dangerous. <laughs> yeah. Depending on what happens, you need to roll another character. Yeah. Oh, wow, okay. Speaking of all people, before we do, because I want to get this off the chest, I just want to officially say, the woman I drove behind on the way here, <laughs> who had her phone in one hand, Cigarette in the other, while simultaneously dicking around with makeup in the mirror, whilst driving, and having her small toddler running around on the back seat, on the motorway, I just want to say, you are a bad mother, and a poor excuse for a human being. Mm. I've, I've seen I've seen a guy with his kids running around the back seat doing 130 miles an hour in his ass, but just... Uh... Um, for for the for the record, what was the number plate? <laughs> it was a silver golf polo, and I didn't get the number plate. What road? It was the motorway between um, Buckram and um, then roundabout. What was that? The M60. No, um, I don't know. I don't I know. Was those around names. about half past five, six o'clock on Thursday, the 18th of June. Yeah. Let's take that in there and see if yeah. the police listen. <laughs> yeah, go for it. Yeah. Um, so we'll see if we've got any policemen listening. So, um, uh, if you're in the police, um, then Adam is probably due a reward if that leads to a conviction. It's bigger. At least <laughs> Sometimes there'll be funerals, the municipal funerals, and they're showings of grief, they're celebrations of life, but in a in a not overt, in a not overtly religious society, if that person had beliefs of themselves 
then that might be the first time you ever see something ceremonial go off. So there's not really much in the way of an organised way that you do things. Even if people are following certain gods, then they might be just the gods that families always have. They might be their ancestors. It might be any number of traditions. But generally speaking, there is that sense of some respect, bury them somewhere where they're not going to erode out of the hillside or um, wash into a river kind of thing. Mm. The ceremony is kind of kept to a minimum. It's more, it's more about celebrating and grieving. Okay. In, in the area that you grew up, yeah. where there was any sort of overt religion, it would have been Om the God of uh, life and death, essentially. He's not a, a bad god, he's sort of the shepherd of the dead. And that is a thing that has come up. It's sort of had a resurgence, it's become more popular in the area you come from. That, that would be the north of Anish. What they would do is um, they would burn the bodies. <laughs> Some parts of the mountains it would be a sky burial. And the idea is, is to, the corpse is just a shell and it's, you, you reuse that in whatever way is efficient or, you know, by a sky burial or uh, you know, sort of feeding it to the wild animals and leaving it out somewhere. Or you would simply dispose of it in a way that um, is efficient and that would be a promotion. 24 was that? No, 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 20 including. Oh, so 20, 20 modified, okay. So. So, basically, Gimbal tries to figure out if he can see what the night captain is waving at. What he's, what he's indicating, basically. Sorry. Um, Bleak needs a bit of a, uh, a recap because his, his wonderful online program crashed on him and lost everything. So, I. So, I'm not entirely sure what's going on. I'm really sorry. <laughs> listen to the podcast. You're going to have to listen to the podcast, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> to make an informed decision about what is it right yeah. I'm not going back over everything. Uh, what I will do is, after the next couple of sessions, um, or maybe after this session, I'll do a five minute cheat sheet which will summarise everything. That would be massively helpful for everybody. Um, as an episode, so uh, yes. I'm just going to lean back here and pat myself on the back while you were thinking I'm trying. I'm trying to be less pissy about the term chain now. But would you like it to be your heart, or would you like it to be your food? Heart, because I'm going to be dispositive. To exposition. That's the one. I'm going to be expositing to them. He's exposing to you. Yeah. Bar 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 Tell me today, if someone told you that they played the lute, you wouldn't even need to form a picture of that person. Oh. Oh. I've just judged one. <laughs> well, fuck you then. Just <laughs> <laughs> to sit on your fucking tower. <laughs> if someone came into the room and said, we know someone who plays the lute, I'd be thinking of you, Paul, actually. Yeah. You'd be my first guess. <laughs> and Paul is giving me the middle finger. Why? Why? Do I look like a lute player? You yeah. do. Yeah, in some some places, uh, people who are using magic are put down as witches. Yeah, yeah but that's still that belief you'd get burnt at the fucking stake. In somewhere like Timmers yeah. or um, Kerband, you would get absolutely ripped to pieces the moment you let a spell off in public. Um, in other places, you might find yourself the advisor to a king. Okay. Do you have a sword, not a hoodie? Oh my god! Have, I you, not seen, just, no, have okay. you not seen? Have you not seen the merchandise shop? This world has reached its end.